Hey there, this is Paige, the DM of Feats and Fables. Well, COVID-19 blew a hole in our ability to get together and record a podcast, so we've decided to try live streaming. Join us on Monday nights at 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash fables. We've got a whole new cast of characters and we're moving from Waterdeep to the countryside of Aglaron. Follow us to adventure. This is the editor. We ran into some issues at the start of the episode on Twitch. So you're going to jump in a little after we started. I personally blame ghosts. Enjoy. There's five people in this podcast. Who's not watching? I'm not watching. I got a uh, shout out to David Bastionson, our first commenter. Hey! Hi, David! Nice to see a human being is watching us. David's a good guy. He's a solidly good guy. I'm a human being that's watching us, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but you're inside the zoo, Coda. (laughs) We've never proven that. I'm still getting that we are down. Uh, it's streaming for us, for me. I can mm, see it. That's what matters most. Yep. Is. Okay. See, now I'm going to go look at Zoom. Nope. I, we should, we should move on. It'll be great. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So our adventure will be set in Aglaron, which I said is far to the Southeast of Waterdeep and far to the, well, Southeast also of Moonsea. So, uh, can y'all see the big yellow bloop on the screen? Yep. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that is Aglarond, and as you can see, it's a peninsula on the Sea of Fallen Stars. The Moon Sea, uh, and our beloved Elmwood, is up here. So that kind of helps place it within Faerun. So, Aglarond is... uh, uh, the central feature of Aglarond is the Yorwood, which is a uh, ancient elven forest. Eventually, eventually, humans settled on the coasts. They uh, had some negotiations with the elves, and the two societies decided to band together to defeat their common enemies. Uh, the biggest of which are these folks over here, Thay. Thay is a fascist, militaristic society based on essentially magical power. Um, Thay is sort of the dark mirror of Aglarond in many ways, because Aglarond's government has always, well, has for a while been centered uh, around people of intense magical power, as has Thay's, but where Thay is, as I said, a fascist dictatorship basically under the leadership of Zastan, uh, a lich. Uh, Aglarond is a representative democracy where most folks kind of get along. So given that it's uh, kind of on this peninsula, it is isolated from most of the rest of the Moon Sea or uh, most of the west of Faerun because uh, the folk of Aglarond, while fishermen, are not good sailors and they have had continued problems with pirates from the Pirate Isles. So it has a very small army. Let's zoom in on Aglarond. Has a very small standing army, uh, and they they are basically scouts and rangers. They're called the Foresters. They have um, 
a few places where they are concentrated, which is the um, Fortress of Glarendar here. Oh, I should take you guys with me. Oh, yeah, we're right on here. the same page. All right, which is the Fortress of Glarendar here and Citadel Dantalian here. Capital of the country is over here, Belprintalar. As you can see, most of the towns are along the rocky coast. Uh, the Yearwood is home to small villages of people, but no larger settlements. Uh, so our heroes are going to be members of the Foresters, which is the standing army of Aglarond. Y'all will be based in Glarendar. And uh, what has happened up to this point is you have been in training. So you've been in maneuvers, uh, both in the Yearwood and in the Umber March Marshes here, uh, as well as up into the Shivar Pass and the Tanith Mountains here. Uh, patrolling for uh, refugees coming in from out of Thay, patrolling for Thayan um, uh, detachments coming in, patrolling for various monsters and stuff that would be making people's lives difficult in and around Aglarond. Anything from large mountain lions to chimeras. Not that y'all have faced down chimeras yet, but certainly some of the troops that have been leading you have. Well, now you have finally gotten to the point where you are third level and you are what is known at this point is a tracker. As low level foresters are known as runners, but you have officially graduated into being trackers. And uh, they have sent y'all to Glarendar to get your uh, badges of rank and to be uh, sent off in a small patrol uh, on your next assignment. So that's where the action will start is in uh, Fortress Glarendar. So let's talk about your characters. With that in mind, they've been in the Aglarondian militia army for basically two levels, and y'all have been hanging out for those two levels. We, we know, you know each other for at least two levels worth of adventuring and maybe more. So I have some pictures of y'all let me post them in here and then let's talk about characters hopefully that background gives you a little like brain juice to kind of think about what your character's like and what they're doing are you with me we're still awake yeah yep. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. we're waiting for you to do things okay i'm just making sure uh we lost ben Oh, Bennett, stop. I'm just making faces for funsies. I know you are. All right, so let me save some pictures, or let me just upload some pictures. I got these kind of right before we started, which is fine. Uh, while you're waiting for that, do mm -hmm. we want to go ahead and talk about our characters a little Let's bit? Let's do that. Who sure. wants to talk a little bit about their character first? I'll go first. Do uh, it. If I can figure out. There he is. Uh, so Wildfire is a fire genasi. He is a wizard, specifically an evoker. Um, and you know, I, that's where I've kind of gotten to. I didn't want to restrict any other uh, kind of connections we were planning on having. Certainly, as an evoker, he is uh, familiar with being in the military, I think. But, and he grew up as an urchin on the the streets, probably of the capital of uh, Aglaron. 
Okay. That was going to be my next question. There are plenty of Genasi in Aglaron, but there's also a major nation of Genasi to the south uh, west of Aglaron across the Sea of Fallen Stars that they have very good trade relations with. Yep. Who's next? Uh, sure, so I'll go. Uh, Raz Aruzu is actually a um, lizard folk far-seeing barbarian uh, who has been sent by his tribe shaman to the Yearwood on a, a communion with nature. Because according to his tribe, he was born with the the signs that he will take over as his tribe shaman someday. So he has to learn the ways of nature and uh, subdue his more primal instincts. So how did he go from that to serving essentially in the army? Uh, so I'm thinking that uh, obviously being a lizard folk, uh, you know, not the most well-loved uh, people in the world. I mean, there's a bunch of them in the in the Umber Marshes, so there's plenty of them nearby, and it's not impossible, of course, that some of them would uh, blend with polite society in in Aglarond. I mean, the big problem with lizard folk, in my eyes, is that. They, a lot of them wear signs that say, hey, hey, low-level adventurers, fight me. <laughs> they do. Uh, they do. <laughs> so I imagine that he was probably caught by some low-level adventurers or guardsmen. And in order to fulfill the assignment that was given to him, he, he bartered or made a deal that he would serve to protect the Yearwood. Uh, so that they would not uh, punish him, mostly okay. by, you know, skinning him and turning him into a handbag. Fair well, enough. Fair you enough. You definitely need a pair of boots. Ooh, okay, boots. That's, that's fair. All right. So he, uh, he, it was kind of a recruit him or shoot him sort of, uh, sort of deal. Yeah, but like I said, he, he is, he is tasked by his shaman to, subdue his more violent nature so he might not like it but he's gonna do it sure sure because that uh making sure that that shaman uh has a good opinion of him is important to him and you did say him he is yep. uses male programs okay Raz does use male programs okay uh who's next i can go next uh did you want to turn the music down a little bit Sure, I will. It, it, with Roll20, the music's a little different for everybody, so it's sometimes hard to understand how, um, how loud it is or is not. Uh, Victor Toussaint is a human. The west of Aglarond is crawling with Toussaints. They're all over the place. He loves his extended family, but he didn't really want to be around them. So he went off to the east to man the wall. He figured he had the perfect job. He was just going to be a normal guardsman, not a fancy ranger or anything, and just chill out on the wall. And he was happy. But then a routine smuggling incident. He took a mace to the face, ended up in traction for a cup for over a year. Mm -hmm. When he woke up, some friendly magic user that was passing through had replaced his missing teeth with crystals. And suddenly he can do magic better than he could before. 
Interesting, interesting. That is a very Aglarond kind of story because it is a land that is absolutely steeped in magic. Even most... So most of the country is composed of half-elves because you had a big human population and a big elven population and you end up with half-elves. In fact, uh, something like half the country is half-elves. It's the biggest concentration of half-elves anywhere in the realms known. And uh, because of that, there's a lot of people walking around that can do some really weird magic. And uh, and getting your teeth replaced is sometimes just a thing that happens. Yeah, Victor definitely has some elf in him. Yeah. So between getting new magic and the fact someone out of the kindness of their heart used powerful magics to patch him back together after his near-death experience, he decided he wanted to do a little more than just man a wall. And uh, so he put in for a transfer and he ended up in the quote-unquote elite unit with the rest of these guys. All right. Uh, ben, you're next on my, my strip of images at the top of my screen, if you're ready. Sounds good to me. Uh, so I'm playing uh, Silvio, who is a satyr, um, who was given up to the church when he was but a baby, um, and grew up in the church of Selene, uh in one of the small towns outside the Yearwood. Um, always feeling a call to return to the Yearwood. He has avoided giving into that as much as he can, and some of that involved uh, finding his way over to armed service where he could give back to the country that raised him. Uh, the church has given him a very strong purpose of giving in, giving back to Aglarons. Uh, and so with that in mind, he has somehow ended up uh, as a bard and swordsman among the best of the best of the best, sir. Uh, and he has taken that relatively well, becoming a bit of a gurney hallock of the foresters. Ooh, deep, deep cut. So explain to people what you mean by Gurney Halleck. So Gurney Halleck is a bard from uh, Dune. So he is always quick with a song, um, always quick with a drink or a smile to disarm a, con a confrontation rather than a fight. But when it comes to a fight, he's a real badass too. Um, and I don't remember who's playing him in the new adaptation, but in the previous one, it was Patrick Stewart. So Really? I didn't know that. Yep. Back in the David Lynch era. I want to say it's Josh Brolin, but I might be wrong. Wishful thinking, huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, which leaves us with Andrew. Yes. Um, I'll be playing as uh, Mira Kuroshio, who is a uh, water genasi um, seamount druid. Uh, which is actually an adaptation of the uh, Circle of, of Land um, Mountain Druid mm -hmm. uh, for oceanic purposes. Uh, I actually, I'm not 100% how, how to fit her in. My original concept was uh, that she is actually a natural philosopher trained in uh, Chisenta uh, and later in Impultor. Mm -hmm. uh, and she specializes in oceanic uh, bioalchemy and uh, marsh geomancy. Well, we're right next to the marsh, so... Yeah. I was about to say, marsh geomancy sounds perfect. Is it marsh geomancy or marshomancy? Marshomancy? Marshamancy? No, God, so many words. Um, so, I think maybe, I mean, she could be, uh, you know, 
uh, sort of a civilian technician or technical advisor attached to the unit. Uh, she could be someone who's in the uh, Aglarondian reserves, uh, maybe attached to the Aglarondian uh, naval research tower. Um, They're lousy sailors in general. Like the Aglarondians don't like getting uh, out of sight of shore. They're kind of a brown water navy. Uh, really? So having okay. someone around who is very um, comfortable in the ocean is they would have recruited her fast, like real fast. Ooh, Andrew, uh, Mask Epic re recommends Bogomancy. Bogomancy. <laughs> I love Cheaper. it. Give, give, uh, who was that? Mask Epic? Give them an inspiration point. Tell your DM you an inspiration point. <laughs> Wait, does that mean you'd be able to help us make excellent whiskey? Petometry. <laughs> this is this is about the uh, uh, the the science and fauna of uh, marsh environments, not not some sort of mere harvesting of the land for its natural resources. But I mean, while you're there, right? <laughs> yes, I suppose. Um, her, her primary interest is uh, performing a uh, survey of uh, the fauna and uh, surveying the, the sort of uh, geomantic potential of the area. All right. Uh, Aglaron's foresters would be glad to have her uh, in whatever capacity, given her range of skills and talents that are certainly uh, well needed within the country. All right, so I want to put your names on here, too. So from a, I guess, so Wildfire from a background standpoint, right, was a... Oh, thank you, Joe. No, no, I mean, I already went, but, like, I'm, ta I'm not talking about the things I can do, right? Sure. So while, so having adventure with Wildfire for a while... Um, you all know that Wildfire is a relatively experienced mage at this point, uh, and he's also um, a talented burglar. Having grown up on the streets, he has a uh, has quite a few skills related to s sneaking into locations and uh, unlocking doors that are sometimes barred to him. So, is he a, a wizard or more he, of a sorcerer? He is a wizard. Okay, wizard rogue. Yep. Well, I mean, mostly wizard urchin, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll just leave it at wizard then for now. And Ron, your character is a magic user of some sort? Fighter. I'm an eldritch knight. Oh, okay. So I just came into my magic recently. Got it. I sure like EKs. They are good, good characters. Oh, and Joe, your character's name is... Wildfire? Wildfire, yep. Speaking of which, Paige, uh, R-H-A-S. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. I was fixing to ask. Okay, we're all meeting these fine folks for the first time. Victor. Oh, you're right, sorry. And that's Victor's good side. Uh, his right side is covered by a truly horrific scar. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and when they try and heal it, the the teeth that he got that were implanted like interfere, so he would basically have to choose between giving up the teeth and repairing his his appearance, and so far he has chosen to keep the teeth. All right, are those names and 
general general MOS is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So y'all have known each other for two levels. So let's call that at least a few months. Uh, during that time, you've been on a variety of patrols into the Yearwood itself, into the Tanith Mountains, and a few into the Umber Marshes. The Umber Marshes can get kind of difficult. So uh, patrols into the marshes have been uh, carefully carefully managed. You're going to be going on your first solo patrol into the marsh actually very soon. So uh, when you're patrolling in the mountains, uh, what is something that happened to your group? And uh, we'll, we'll say uh, I've got Joe, Co uh, Coda, Ron, Ben, Andrew. So let's, let's let the dice decide. I do love some uh, shared history. Yes, Andrew, right. you were you were in the mountains, uh, and you were patrolling, and then something happens, and we I want to hear what you have to say about that. Are you uh, the mountains have threats like um, these rock creatures that are like Galabdur, like animated boulders, but they're the size of mountains. There's a, a griffins up there where some people go up there to try and steal eggs. So they can raise griffins and have them as a mount uh, there's goblinoids ogres mountain trolls giant eagles what would you I, run into i was gonna say that we, we actually get caught in a, a landslide or a mudslide Ooh, i like it what happened um it was uh raining very heavily uh we get caught in in this mudslide uh, if we want to complicate it further, we could be attacked by one of the aforementioned creatures who. Wait, uh, let, let's, you're just setting the moment. scene. You're just setting the scene. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourselves. We're just caught in this mudslide then. Something happens okay. to us. And that's mudslide. how we all died in character creation. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, what happened after y'all were caught in the mudslide? We were caught in a mudslide, huh? Cody, you're next. Hmm. There's a complication happened. Um, hmm. You can also say pass, and I'll skip it yeah, over to Coda if you want. Okay, Coda, it's yours. Um, so we bonded together as a group for really the first time here, uh, because during this mudslide, our chaperone, as it were, um managed to be swept away okay and it was up to us to really come together and save each other obviously through the power of friendship absolutely best friend squad all right so your senior officer who was kind of in charge of y'all was lost who wants to joe do you do you want me to come back to you no, no you can do me now about this yeah tell me a little more about the senior officer that got lost well, I mean, he was uh, a caring individual, but he was a hard ass, right, for making sure everyone's uh, packs were in order and, and military position. But ultimately, he was a, a giant teddy bear, and we all knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Ron, tell me a little something else about this, uh, this senior officer that was lost. Because surely that will never come up again. <laughs> uh, the senior officer was very 
Uh, let's see. You can tell they, me about him or his family or his rivals or his last words or whatever you think is appropriate. He had actually been demoted. He oh. had been, he used he used to be a relatively high up on the Than front over in that city across sure. the river from Thay. Yeah. Um but for some reason that we don't know, we are not privy to, he got knocked down and sent over to the fortress that Aglarod constructed to guard like the middle of the swamp as yep. opposed to all of its like passes and <laughs> yeah. things like that. But uh, so he's guarding the middle of the swamp, which I'm sure was quite a change of pace, but he did not take it out on us. Okay. Uh, and Ben, tell me how this situation got resolved. So you're caught in a landslide. You're, you get through because you have to work together. Your senior officer's lost. How did you make it home or what happened when you got back? So we were able to climb out through the power of togetherness by uh, aiding each other through both physicality and magic. Um, but we were only able to recover our officer's hands. Cover his glove that he always wore. Oh, his hand. Okay. Uh, and so we took it back and we reported back to uh, the fortress. And then we had to, we took it upon ourselves because we felt uh, that we were responsible to go and tell his wife and two young children uh, who we have cared for ever since and supported any time that we were in town. Okay, so his wife and kids would have lived in, so if he was stationed, if he had been at Citadel Dantalian, right, and then got and, and then got knocked down and promote, demoted to go live in Glarendar. Like, Mearing is kind of halfway between the two. So his his family might have been down in Mearing. Okay. Right. Was this his right hand or left hand? It's very important. Important question. Uh, it's his left hand. Gotcha. It would be. It would it be. Would be. Okay. He was holding up his right arm to shield us from the largest of the rocks. Oh. And his left hand was out saying, no, stay back. And so it was his left hand that had his wedding ring on it. And that's how they knew that it was his. Oh, man. They didn't, okay. have, to, they didn't have to take our word for it. I mean, you know, it helps. <laughs> Just brought back a random hand. <laughs> Fine. For sure it is. Yes. So uh, what is something that the whole team learned about your character during this terrible event? Uh, Andrew, you would be the next in line, but you can pass and we can go to the next person and come back to you if you want. Uh, something we learned oh, about my, uh, uh, that the character learned about themselves. Uh, that everybody else learned about your character. Oh, oh, I see. Ooh. Um, like what quirk? Like once, once you've been camping with somebody in the field for a month, you know some stuff about them. What, what did people learn about uh, Mira? Uh, Mira is actually really averse to, uh, to, to the sight of blood. Uh, it really okay. just ups upsets her. The hand... The hand itself was just really, she was uneasy the entire time they were transporting it back, even though uh, everyone agreed that this was the right thing to do. Interesting. Okay. 
that's very cool. Joe, what she's is something? also? Oh, oh go sorry. ahead. She's Continue. also very curious about where the rest of the officer went to, because it didn't seem like it, like a, a mudslide would be the type of event to just so cleanly lop off a hand uh, as if by a blade, um, and and whisk away the rest of the body. <laughs> Let me take that note. Sounds she like is, after all, right? <laughs> She's after all observant. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, all right, so that's something everybody learned about Mira. Joe, what is something everybody learned about Wildfire after camping uh, camping with him in the field for weeks? Um, he does not have a lot of pity on people who don't take care of themselves. Okay, explain what you mean by that. I mean, like... Uh, like he can, he like conceptually agrees with helping out like uh, the the uh, family of the fallen, but he feels like he is being somewhat put upon by this group of people who are are looking for handouts more than they are trying to better themselves out of the situation they found themselves in. Especially the three year old. That three year old is a real leech. <laughs> He's kind of an asshole about it. Fair enough. Wow. That's really terrible. <laughs> so this is a big change uh, from Joe's nor normal characters who are... I'm not saying they're all paladins. <laughs> I'm just saying I've seen him play essentially a paladin in many different game systems. <laughs> we'll see if he reverts. Well, he, I mean, this will just be a different flavor of asshole. I guess. I guess. It's going to be a long trip from wizard to paladin, and it's a really weird cross-class. It but, really uh, is. a. It's multi-attribute dependent, mad as hell. <laughs> uh, all right, Coda. Intelligence what? and charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coda, tell us about what folks learned about Ross uh, after camping with him uh, for for quite a while in the in the mountains. Uh, sure. So at some point, uh, we needed to get across this this moving mudslide in a dire straits to tie off a, a rope. And to do that, uh, Ross kind of went feral for a moment. And you wouldn't really say that a, a lizard has hackles, but if he did, uh, Ross had basically lifted them and then made a jump that had to have easily been 25 feet. Oh my goodness. Uh, and, and managed to make it to the other side and tie off the rope, thus securing others from falling off of the cliff after their one-handed uh, superior. Or was he one-handed at that point? When was oh. the last time we saw his both hands on his body. Uh, you know, <laughs> these are questions that you ask yourself for 10 days afterwards. Where did you get that extra hand from, Raz? <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, Ron, what is something everybody learned about Victor Toussaint as uh, they had camped with him for weeks? Uh, your first impression of Victor was someone that really wanted to help people and things like that. But after traveling with them 
for such a long time, you realized that that was just kind of an act he was putting on. Like he was trying to be a good person, but really he was more of a wildfire type person. But (laughs) when we lost our superior, he, that obviously really affected him in that he was somewhat irrational about wanting to get, wanting to try and get to him to where you all needed to talk him down and tell him that, you know, diving off the cliff or whatever plans he was coming up with were not going to work and we needed to report back. So he might be slowly changing, but he's definitely not a natural do-gooder. Excellent. All right. I, I like that. That's a very complicated, intense character. Ben, tell us tell us something that everybody learned about uh, Silvio as, uh, as you had camped together for, for 10 days and 10 days. Sure. So Silvio is the opposite of Wildfire. He is there to help <laughs> everybody get their shit together, make sure everybody's tents get pitched, makes food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Laugh it so up. So I just want to clarify for our our audience at home that your character is a satyr. I don't yeah. really mention that, which is why there's much snickering about talking about him pitching a tent. I mean, you know. I'm not going to say no to either way that he might be helping. That said, uh, he he cooks at camp. He was probably the first one that said, we have to make sure that we take it back. And also likely the one that insisted that we go and tell the family because we were the last person to see him alive mm-hmm. and that we had the wedding ring to return. Uh, so very, very like very good and driven to do what's what they think is right despite having to drag everyone else along. So does he use he, him pronouns or they, them pronouns? Uh, he, him. He, him. Okay. You just put a they in there and I was just making sure I had had everything correct. So he's kind of like the team dad. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Dirty job, but somebody got to do it. All right. So after this particular incident, you were second level. You've survived being first level. All right. Your second uh, big foray patrol was into the yearwood who wants to start talking about that or shall i roll a die to determine i got it uh so when we were adventuring in the yearwood we came across an odd set of ruins that we'd never heard described before um they were clearly ancient and full of some kind of mystical power all right there there actually was a eladrin society called the yur why you with an accent mark ir that lived in the yearwood and has a bunch of ruins there and they they left for reasons unknown about um, about a thousand years ago and wood elves actually came in after that and set up their own society kind of in the ruins of the your society so there's all kinds of ruins in the, in the yep. so you found these ruins and what was what was interesting about them um Ooh, I got this one. If Joe's okay passing the call. Yeah, go ahead. These ruins were uh, not inhabited by any living creatures, but were actually inhabited by spirits from Fae. Fae, T-H-A-Y? No, Fae. F-E-Y, okay. Yeah. So when you say Fae spirits, are you talking like the ghosts of different types of Fae? Uh, or, or actual fey creatures. Why not both? The fey wild. 
Okay, so you're saying it, it got kind of Feywildy in there. Yep. Okay. And that might have been why the ruins weren't on the map, because they weren't there previously. They had been in the Feywild. Ron, what, what happened after that? Well, it turned out it wasn't a coincidence that we found these ruins that no one knew of. Our new CO turned out to have to be distantly related, distantly related to those Aladrin, or since Aladrin looks okay. along, perhaps not so distantly related. Sure, sure. There are a few Aladrin left in the Yearwood, but they're pretty reclusive. But you know, that so, some of the Wood Elves could have certainly courted them as well. So uh, our CO isn't pure Aladrin like everyone else in the Yearwood. He just had a piece. Yeah. And it appeared like he basically brought us here on a mission for those remaining Ladrin that the Wood Elves somewhat venerate. Sure. So he wasn't going completely off book, but he didn't bring us here. He didn't necessarily tell everyone this is why we were going to the Yearwood. Okay. And then what happened? What is What was the element of conflict there, Ben? Or would you like to pass it on to Andrew? Um, so I think the element of conflict was that the, by taking the things that we were sent for in this Feywild Ruin, it would also be taking, disturbing the spirits. Mm -hmm. And we had to come up with whether we were going to take the spirits from the Feywild or if we were going to leave them there. And it turns out that, uh, Mira was the one who made the decision and convinced the group, which was... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. I mean, that was like Olympic baton passing right there. Like, you're beautiful. Like, everybody hold up a sign. I give him a 10. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So then what happened, Mira? Uh, okay, I'm going to, because we didn't actually settle uh, whether or not Mira herself was either, it uh, was a civilian technical advisor or actually um, a member of uh, uh, the Aglarondian military. Forest. I mean, she would be certainly deputized as military. Aglarond is kind of a neutral good, chaotic good society. They're not super huge on like, they're not any bigger in the laws, customs, or bright lines than they have to be. Andrew, yeah. I kind of see, yes. maybe you've got the role, um, who is the, the doctor from, um... Uh, Stargate. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I, I, I don't. I didn't actually watch Stargate enough to know his actual you, role in their system. Were you talking about the James Spader character? Yeah, who is, so. who is the scientist in Stargate? Who who was basically the civilian scientist that came along on the mission, but then in Stargate SG One, he got basically deputized. Let's have a look. I'm sure Wikipedia could tell us what we're stealing from. <laughs> oh, Dr. Wikipedia. Daniel Jackson? Is Daniel Jackson! Yeah, that's a, that's... There you Those go. Those are resident Stargate experts. Thank you. Uh, Maybe archaeologist... you're like Daniel Jackson. I, I mean, I think that's a good steal, for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just actually now, now I'm kind of curious what, what uh, if they actually... 
Anyways, let's let's just say that that she's a more of a more of a technical advisor at this point. I, okay. This is a very this is an impressively dense Wikipedia page. <laughs> that I'm being Stargate stands are uh, are are fierce. Right. So she's the only one who can basically go against the CEO the CEO's orders, right? Because if the CEO says that okay, you should totally disturb the the, the Fae and bring them back. Um, you know, in theory, if you're a member of, of, of the military, you should be following those orders, but perhaps she's the one who's like, no, you absolutely can't do this. Uh, okay. they're, you know, sort of a, a natural part of these ruins at this point. Um, you, we should, we should, uh, absolutely leave them be. Sounds good. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking notes. Yeah. And, uh. I, I am curious how the CEO would, would react to this particular bit of, uh, since he's so personally invested in this as well. He is personally invested, but uh, he also doesn't want to, like Aglaron, since they're they're a chaotic or maybe neutral good say, society, they're real big on, that was an illegal order and I'm not going to follow it. So uh, so where would the, the four of you fall on uh, on that decision? I'm kind of thinking it might have turned out that time was on our side. Yeah. And with Mira kind of leading the charge, we were sort of back talking and hemming and hawing. And the celestial uh, alignment that allowed this ruins to conjoin with the Feywild just uh, unconjoined. And sure. our CEO stayed in the Feywild and we went back to the Prime Material. And we, we didn't. We didn't even. We, we keep didn't coming back without our CEO. We, <laughs> that's perfect, though. That's perfect. We didn't even get a hand this time. Yeah, and that's why on this mission they're like, "Look, guys, you yeah. don't get a CEO this time." Um, exactly. Sure, but I want to. I want to build off that, Ron, because one thing y'all might know about Roz is he was actually sent here to commune with the spirits. Oh. And RCO didn't uh, leave empty-handed or stay empty-handed. He definitely pissed off some spirits. Mm -hmm. But Roz performed a intricate ritual to kind of commune with them and put them at peace. Hmm. Like way more detailed than you would think that a, a lizard folk, especially one with the temper that Roz sometimes has would, would, you know, probably perform. It was like a beautiful tea ceremony and there were flowers. <laughs> I mean, so for some reason that that ritual is actually harder than yeah. you expected. Like you had to put a lot more effort than you expected, and that's because in Wildfire's pocket there were a couple of artifacts from the runes <laughs> he had no interest in giving back. <laughs> but luckily you removed the curse on them, so it, so it's great. Cheers. <laughs> a little, little five finger discount here. Yeah. You know. Ooh. So wait a minute. What 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 exactly did you take from the Feywild wildfire? Well, you got you to wait and see. Uh. <coughs> Paige will tell me later. I'm sure. Well, 
We'll get. To, we'll come back to that. We should put pin <laughs> in that. Clearly, there won't be any way. consequences for that. None. Why would I have consequences? None. I don't believe in consequences. No, no. <laughs> People make it's their the, own luck. In the words of every dungeon master ever, I'm sure it will be fine. <laughs> Uh, all right. So yes, after that, uh, after that debacle, uh, you uh, definitely when you got back to Glarendar, they're like, all right, you get you know uh, two ten days off because you've been in the field for six ten days. Uh, but when you come back from that leave, we're gonna send you into the Umber Out Marshes on your next patrol, and nobody is willing to go with you. So who's so who's our new leader? Because we have to kill them next. That's <laughs> more problems. Did we all just become Coda? Like... <laughs> so it turns out this show is only going to have five episodes. <laughs> Fair enough. That's sometimes a thing that happens. All right. Uh, yeah. So you get some leave for. Oh no! You got back up a step. So during this uh, during this time in the Yearwood, uh, everybody gets a little deeper insight into your character. And so, what is one um, what is one really positive thing that they learn about your character during this process? Like, what is what is the the part of your character's personality that is really just the most altruistic, the most good, the most pure, the most wholesome thing that they learn about your character. Who wants to go first? Ooh, that's a lot of thinking. Sure, so I'll go first. And I would like to start by saying that all of my relatives are alive. <laughs> sure they are. <laughs> So sure we've never are. we've never if, seen if, them though. If uh, if you're yes, so uh, what you what you may not know, uh, dear dear reader, dear listener, dear watcher, dear media consumer, is that uh, Coda and the, this group have been playing games together. Coda, you've been at our table for what a decade now? Yeah, Eight pretty years, much. Maybe a real long time. Coda's the new new guy, <laughs> and in that eight ten years. Every time he's had to talk about his character's family in like five or six or seven different systems, they all died under very mysterious circumstances. <laughs> very mysterious and very suspicious circumstances. I don't know that I would call old age <laughs> mysterious, okay? If any of them had died of old age, it wouldn't be, except they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, well, except for that one that was old and was, you know, collapsed at the base of the stairs <laughs> that they definitely didn't fall down after they were pushed by your character. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll call Coda's, knowing that Coda's entire no, 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 no. So, happy and healthy. And no, what y'all actually learn is that uh... no, his family's <laughs> all dead. He's going to tell us something else. Um, is that he actually is a very um, spiritual uh, person? So he is all about ritual and doing certain rites like it, it's very different than what you assume a lizard folk might be like okay. um you know they've got a savage reputation and he certainly has a temper but like he will perform prayers before going into combat he will perform prayers after combat like he will follow his 
cultural uh, duties to the T. Is there a particular deity he worships, or or is yes. it just kind of I'm, okay? I'm sure there is. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> he is a deist. Yes. Ooh, nice. All right. So, what is something that they learned good about your character? Who wants to go next? I can go next. Um, go. So, you guys all learned about Wildfire that he. Um, he has a great fondness for his first teacher, right? Someone who actually lifted him out of poverty and kind of taught him, saw some spark of ability in him and taught him his first bit of magic. And he has a great fondness for him and, and still keeps in contact with him this to this day. And this is somebody in Veldprintalar? Yep. I will need uh, a name and details at some point in time off screen. Ack. All right. <coughs> loyal to those who have done good by you. Uh, Ron, Ben, Andrew, who's next? I can go. All right. Uh, as you've known uh, Victor for longer, uh, his attitude towards all of you has changed. And have you, once you became friends, he... Um, is very interested in protecting your interests and standing up for you. It's a marked change from when you when you were only like you know in the same unit, um, but now you feel like he would really have your back um, in a fight or whatever. And that's different from his wanting to do good, which you kind of sense is kind of an act. But him protecting those close to him just kind of comes naturally to him. That Although is very wholesome. He does kind of bitch about it sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean... Like, uh, I, have to, I have to tell everyone that Wildfire surely didn't steal anything from the canteen. Why would have I? Wildfire <laughs> is a good person and my friend. What would he even do with that much peanut butter? <laughs> I'm certainly, I'm, I'm certainly not going to summon a group of bears to the city. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so like one thing I think you, you guys would all realize that kind of applies to most of you at this point as well is that Wildfire is very... Uh, once you have like earned Wildfire's, Wildfire's respect, he would do almost anything for you. Right? So like once you are at the point where like he feels like he owes you in some way, like he is very respectful of that and like he obviously through all of adventures like he definitely feels that way about all of you but people who aren't all of you meh, 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 whatever oh, fuck those people right well, like they haven't earned it yet right is, is sure. his viewpoint so I do have one question though is there a period between uh while while earning respect where you just like <laughs> randomly sick bears on people as... <laughs> they were hungry i figured out a way to get a bunch of meat into the city I don't understand what the complaint is. I need to write something <laughs> down about bears in the city. That, godless that's killing. That's kind of amazing. What's that? I said bears are godless killing machines. I, is, that, is that our new one? <laughs> Luckily, they're made of meat, so. Yeah. Uh, ben and Andrew, something wholesome and wonderful about your characters. Sure. So Silvio is uh, is like regardless of what they ran into in the Feywild, is charitable to a fault. 
Like, okay. it is clear that he would give up his last coin or his last drink of wine or a song for um, anybody that happened to need it. So if they ran across other spirits in the Feywild that were in need, then it might even be to the point where, like, he's a sucker to help people, but he'll do it. And he'll do it with a smile on his face. He'll be like, no, no, come on. It's We're doing a good deed. This will help us. Trust me. Okay. Doing a good deed, trust us. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) He'll put that on his tombstone. Yeah, pretty much. So the way you said it, is this generosity particular to Faye, or is it towards anyone? And we only no, it's towards anyone. It just happened to be we were dealing with Faye in the Yearwood. Okay. (laughs) He'll he'll do anything for the Faye, but the rest of y'all can. Well, so particularly in the Faye, like it was. It was fortuitous that it was a timed thing uh, because you almost lost him in it too because he very much did not want to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a very, like, you picked up on it. Like, he was very apprehensive about going to the Yearwood and didn't want to go there. Um, yeah. And at some point he likely spoke of that he always feels and hears a song that lures him back into the depths that he tries to stay away from. The depths of the Yearwood or the, or the Feywild? Uh, the Yearwood because it leads to the Feywilds. And once you go there, you don't want to come back for the most part if you are of the people. And okay. Silvio is definitely of the people. Yep. So I'm going to write down that he's kind of fighting a, a lure of the, the Feywild in the Yearwood. Does that sound fair? Yep, 100%. And I think this actually plugs into uh, uh, Mira's thing, which is uh, during this whole episode in the Yearwood, uh, she really betrayed this sense that she was really reluctant to leave anyone behind. Um, mm. I think Silvio showing these, you know, this sort of draw to the uh, into the wild, and 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 the CO just disappearing into the. Fey Wild was really upsetting to her. Uh, it was a very long process of her talking to um, the CEO to be even marginally convinced uh, to let him go off on uh, on his own devices into uh, into the Fey Wild. Uh, it just seemed unthinkable to her uh, to leave someone behind like that. Um, he really had to convince her that it was of his own volition and that he could probably handle himself which as a druid she was still very skeptical of uh he seemed like a you know like soft city folk to him basically that he would get eaten alive the moment he went in there um but Faye got a Faye, right yeah still very skeptical she she feels like the ladrin they're almost like the domesticated version of Faye that uh you know, <laughs> once once having been kept indoors for long enough, couldn't survive a second in the outdoors. <laughs> I gotta write that down. Yep, our poor she, She's willing. She's willing to make her opinions known about this sort of thing. So uh, his motivations for leaving us and going to the Fey Wild are becoming more clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, clearly you've come back from two... Well, congratulations, you, you, you've finished second level. You're now third level. Uh, uh, in coming back twice without a CO, nobody will lead your unit. 
Like they just <laughs> won't do it. <laughs> so uh, you will have to decide what leadership structure you're going to use, if any. And Aglaron being Aglaron, if that leadership structure is mob, then eh, you know that's fine. That's how. We'll do it live. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you should come up with a name for your unit. I think as far as leaders go, we should probably purchase a chicken, buy it a commission, <laughs> okay. and uh, just take it with us. Okay. And you know. On the on the you know last night of the patrol, it's chicken dinner, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean. Delicious. If they if it makes it that long. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and you'll you'll need to come up with some kind of name for your group. That's Ron's job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in, the in the podcast, Ron gave the group a new name about every third show. It was hilarious. We, we yes. know that Ron isn't actually Zasper, right? We just want to confirm this. <laughs> he just plays Zasper on on the podcast. He's not right. Do we need to think about that? Does that does, does yeah, that serve? I, to I don't know that we need to come up with one on the fly. I think okay. we just let it happen naturally. I, I okay. think it could be the first part of our. Uh, it could be something that happens at the end of our first actual adventure. Yeah, it's good. All the name. It's good for names to be inspired from something, as opposed to just being like you know, the, the Griffin, the Griffins of the Dawn, or something. You could be yeah. the Orange Company, Wildfire, yeah. and the Magnificent Four. <laughs> yeah no tempting yeah, no. but fast and I mean it sounds good but no you excluded the, the wildfire from but, 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 but try it on it'll grow on you uh, fine but only if it's wildfire and the magnificent three starring Raz sounds great to me I, I, I like I like my so I got two people I got two people wildfire and the adequate four here ooh um, I'm in let's do it Mask has, yeah. Mask has demoted us to the adequate four. <laughs> but Wildfire still headlining. Oh, yeah. Well, or wait, does that mean Wildfire is not adequate? Who knows? It's hard to be sure. Oh, oh. That's true. Tune in and you'll find out. Right? An adequate Wildfire. So uh, so after the the second uh, patrol comes back with the CO, you're given uh, two 10 days uh, in the Forgotten Realms We the time is not measured in weeks, it's measured in 10 days, so it's 10 days. You have two 10 days of leave. Uh, where do you go and what do you do? Well, we're in a fortress in the middle of nowhere. Right. So it seems like leaving uh, 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 Fortress Glarendar is probably probably something that's gonna happen. In fact, they kind of encourage you to GTFO. Get out! Yes. I mean, it might be nice to go to the coast, get some fresh seafood. Okay, sure. Um, you have the the northern coast and the southern coast, which are generally pretty similar. Uh, the cities on the northern coast tend to be somewhat larger. This area called the Fang, technically part of Aglarond, but but not really like they don't they don't allow tax collectors in they don't really let the foresters in and they most certainly do not uh uh send people to help assist the government Is, isn't that where the city of the pirates is uh no, no. so this oh. is the fang over here okay 
And pretty much the only part of the Fang that uh, Aglaron has any say over is Fang Light. They do keep and maintain a big lighthouse on the coast because there have been many ships that have wrecked. Uh, Altumbel, which is the area off to the west. I see. Or pardon me, east, my other west. Uh, is the part that, so the Pirate Isles are even farther off to the uh, to the west over here. Mm -hmm. Um Altenbell is also technically Aglaron, but not. Uh, and Spandillion here is the uh, pirate city. Ooh, let's go to Spandillion. That sounds amazing. So it it's pretty... It, Spandillion... Uh, hmm, it, is, it is definitely a pirate city. Like, it operates by the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. Uh, and, and a heavy dose of might makes right. But having said that, um, a lot of people go to Spandelion because they don't believe in whatever happened outside of Spandelion. Like, if you come to Spandelion and you work hard and you can completely rebuild your, your reputation, they don't care what you did before you got there. So it's got a real kind of frontier spirit sort of vibe to it. So here's a question, Paige. You said we've got a, a 10 day? Two 10 days. Two 10 days. Two 10 days. How long does it take to travel from the fort to the western coast and back? Like, how, what, what is the, the travel time to get across the peninsula? Excellent question. Let me, let me look. Uh, so each of these blocks... That looks because yeah, it's just only saying, 500 miles in the end. Yeah. I personally don't want to go on a vacation and spend all of our time in travel. Like, <laughs> I'd rather go somewhere closer, enjoy our time there. Well, you don't have to go together. Mm. And like, About you don't have to. Miles. So, yeah. So if if you're riding on a horse going at a pretty average speed eight hours a day it'll take about 12 days to get to spandelion from here yeah, I, don't, I don't think we need to go that far and that's that's not very practical given the terrain yeah, yeah. i mean you could also uh go to dantalian's very much a military fortress so it's pretty rough but if you went to dlusk or oscar Furthinghome, home uh you could get a boat there that'll get you to spandelion faster but you would only have five days here, maybe. Yeah, it seems like a short amount of time. So I can tell you that uh, Ras, for one, is not the biggest fan of cities. Uh, I would much prefer and and to go on like a, a trip to some of the local natural hotspots. So sure. I'm thinking like. Uh, you know, a nice hike through the, what is that, the Tenath Mountains to the north mm -hmm. of the fort, then maybe over to the Sun Glade, and then maybe down to, like, <clears throat> the, the Southern River, and then back up to the fort, and kind of make just, like, a okay a, a local sightseeing trip to all of the the natural sites that are, that are nearby. Sure, sure. So Roz would like to go on a, on a hike, on a 20-day hike, because that's what's fun. Sounds so, great to me. So now that we're third level in Foresters, how much like authority do we have in the Yearwood? <laughs> oh lord. So oh, God. <laughs> here's the thing. Ron is a cat in good country, so most of their opinion of authority is uh if if you're nice, they'll pay good attention to you. 
any commoner will certainly treat you with a modicum of respect as long as you're not an asshole. And uh, but the the Fey of the Yearwood kind of like don't give any fucks. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, there are several Firbolg uh, clans and settlements in the Yearwoods, and the Firbolgs as a as a group, and they are not monolithic, but as a group tend to be very pro-social, tend to be very um, uh, altruistic, and so they, of course, might uh, accord a forester uh, more respect than, say, a settlement of, of pure elves or mostly elven people. Mm, so they're ripe for the picking, you say? Mm. Oh, lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear they've got some nice sticks you can go Ooh, swipe. Go on. I'll probably spend my time actually going back to the capital. Um, okay. Velprintalar. Yep. Um, and kind of, in essence, lording over the, the all the people who who I used to also be urchins with about how awesome I am now. Noted. How far is that? Uh, it's it's That's a pretty hike, far. But, yeah. yeah. Hike. But once you get to the road, you can go pretty fast, and they have you know. <clears throat> There are certainly forester posts in and around uh, the area, and you can get change of horses, and you always have a place to stay and food to eat, and uh, they can put you in wagons or even a boat if you want to go faster. Mira is uh, actually going to head to the Fang uh, because she has an ongoing project with some of the fisher folk there okay. to uh, pull up sediment samples. Uh, oh, now you're various, talking my language, baby. Yes, from various estuaries uh, and uh, deltas in that uh, whole region uh, for further analysis, of course, uh, mm -hmm. via bioalchemist means. Sure. Uh, and then, of course, she has this giant stack of papers that she needs to review and has been sitting on for at least the past year during these various uh, journeys. So oh, they keep mailing you more. Yes, yes. They keep asking if I if I need more time or if I should hand it just hand it off to a different reviewer. Um, and so she's gonna. I mean, really, we just spent a lot of time holed up in the shack there, trying to get through as many of these as possible. Okay. Um, you know, Andrew. I, yes. I don't know if druids have access to the spell Farsight. Is that is that the spell? <laughs> But I feel like there uh, might be a way for you to modify it to instead yeah. of letting you see far away, like yeah. lets you see really small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea. Eyes of the eagle, and, uh, but uh, slightly yeah. different. I yeah. mean, it just like he needs uh, goggles of minute seeing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so uh, the fang is mostly a human area area like aglarond is full of half elves like like you said yeah. most of the population is half elves and even the people who call themselves humans or call themselves elves are often still of mixed ancestry right and most people in aglarond give no fucks like they yeah. see humanity to elvishness as a spectrum and they don't really care except in the fang except in the fang they desperately care because a lot of the humans uh, ancestrally who were against uh partnering with the elves to handle the common threats faced by both societies said fuck it i'm out flip the table and went to the fangs so they are uh there's a lot of xenophobia there mm -hmm. they don't have any idea what to do with mira because she's definitely not an elf right 
definitely not a human. Uh, there are some tritons that live off the coast, and she's definitely not one of them. So they mostly kind of just leave her alone. Like, they don't treat her very warmly, but they're not mean to her at all. So what one of the uh, unexpected links she does have with them, though, is that she is a devotee of Selun. Okay. Uh, of which most people who work in the sea are as well. Well, I mean, there's a variety of sea gods around, but Selune is the one favored here. Yes, Selune. Sorry, that's that's quite the pronunciation. Uh, it's different and, than the original uh, Elvish, right? <laughs> so this this is the uh, devotion that she at least shares with, uh, you know, the humans who live in these small sea villages here. Okay. Good stuff. So they'll at least rent her a room and, and not cast yeah. too many. Uh, you know, I mean, she, shows, she shows up for, you know, Friday night services and everybody's kind of like this. But, right. then, you know, the next morning they're they're modestly nice to her. Uh, who's next? Ron and Ben. Uh, Victor will take a jaunt down to, uh, I guess, Laster is the coastal city that'd be easiest to get to. Uh, yes, yes. He doesn't want to go north because up north they're fighting the Thaeans, and that doesn't sound like a vacation. They're fighting the Thaeans all over. So Thay actually extends uh, to the river uh, uh, Lapinster. So once you cross the bridge at Escalant, you're in Thay territory. Right, but I'm not crossing the bridge. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but by the time you get to Lazder, you're you're pretty well behind uh, behind the line. And I will take it easy, uh, drink, practice my magic, which is still kind of new for me. Um, do some correspondence with my family. Okay. Um, so there is, uh, so one thing Aglaron is extremely famous for is its wines. It produces some of the best red wines anywhere in Faroon. Uh, it, the sea cliffs are rocky, but once you get past the sea cliffs into the the meadows that are kind of closest to the ocean, they have great terroir. Uh, so they uh, they produce a variety of very delicious red wines. I will often end the night by asking for the fifth best red wine. Okay. <laughs> Maybe on the last night I'll get the fourth best. Ooh, big spender. Yeah. I'm hoping we fight a gold elemental. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll look that up. I'll look that up. I'll see if I can. I think they're a little high CR for you right now, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put it in the rotation. I mean, yeah. it's not out of the question. There were the, the rock elementals that showed up in the mountains, right? Yeah, yeah. Where there's a will, oh, there's a way, regardless oh. of CR. So. I mean, if we just... High right elemental. We might have to give up our CO to get to the fight, that's fine. Oh, Commander Bok Bok! It was nice knowing ya! Be still my beating heart. Right. Uh, ben, what does Silvio do for fun when given 20 days to, to let loose? Silvio is going to join uh, Victor on the way down to Laster, and then okay. he is going to go north uh, up to the little hamlet where uh, that is based around a large church Sicilian that's on the river Task. Okay. Um, and that's that's the farm where he grew up, and he's going to go back there and be like, "I'm a forester now," and you know, help tend the fields and 
tell stories to the kids and do all that stuff and tell them about the rest of the world and just be a hometown hero for a little bit and then uh, <laughs> go back being down, a role model. spend the last day or two of vacation uh, in Laster uh, with Victor and have the you know third and fourth best bottles of wine because <laughs> combined salaries, my friend. That's true. Once you show up, we can uh, split some nice bottles for sure. Yes, and I will bring you some of the uh, the wine that we produce in my homeland. That is so so. It's very good to drink once you've had the good stuff. It will get you the rest of the way drunk, <laughs> and it will make all of the women want to talk to you because you will be pouring them free drinks. <laughs> Fair. My game is a lot better when I have a wingman like uh, Well, I am Sylvia. always happy to be the wingman. So ultimately, you're just doing the same thing that I did during my my time. Yeah, but ultimately. see, the thing is, I make this look good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Savage. Savage. Uh, ben, what is Silvio's background? Silvio is a acolyte of Selene because he literally was dropped off like as a swaddling child at the uh, the stairs of a church and been like, your problem now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, it has hooves. <laughs> yeah. All right. Things happen, you know. All right, Andrew, what is Mira's background? Marine biologist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I put her down as hermit, which is pretty much the same as her doing her... Uh, natural philosophy degree okay across you know five years <laughs> i mean we can come up with a, a a custom marine biologist background if you want that is easy peasy i'm uh, that was a little just, surprised yeah, you, my, what's that i'm a little surprised you don't already have one page you know why <laughs> would anybody do that to themselves voluntarily <laughs> hey. that was just my my reskin of uh of uh, I mean, because what does what does hermit give you naturally for uh, proficiencies? I think it's medicine and nature, maybe uh, yeah. nature. So that actually seems pretty accurate. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna put hermit background parentheses marine biologist. Sure. All right, Joe. Uh, wildfire's background you said was urchin. Correct. Coda, what is Ross's background? I am a far traveler. Okay. Far travelers are fun. Yeah. Uh, Ron, what is Victor's background? Soldier. Okay. Uh, that's everybody, I think. Massa Epic recommends Swamp Doctor. Skills, nature, and investigate, and your special power. You can find all the leeches. That sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> I would like to say, as a professional biologist, like, <laughs> I'm real hard to gross out. Like, it's really difficult. Leeches kind of gross me out. Nah, they're really awesome. Awful. Would they go for a genasi? I mean... What? Oh, it's true. Do, do they have to, blood? Uh... I mean, I don't know. I I think they would. Let's like... discuss the circulatory system of a genasi. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, we're not gonna. Uh, yeah, the leeches are kind of. They're magical leeches. They'll go for anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Especially in the umber marshes. Uh, so I did look up hermit, and it's medicine and religion. So maybe you'll want to tweak that to be nature. Uh, okay. 
We that, can, that seems pretty reasonable. We can come up with a custom background, but we don't have to do that on screen and take up people's time doing it. Yeah. That All sounds right. good to me. So it's uh, the ripe old hour of 923. And we've I feel like we've gone through character creation. I think we know who these characters are and how they're connected to each other a bit. Agreed. Yes. Oh, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have content. Like, I have probably, because I am extra, I prepared probably 15 or so hours of content. And we don't have to play it all tonight. Uh, That's but good, we, because we have about... 40 minutes, so... Right? Right? Uh, We're going to speed run it. We're going to do the game you know what? quick. Of, uh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or we could do the more unsuccessful uh, Game of Thrones version. Which is what? <laughs> it's great Go until on. the last season. Exactly. We're going to cram 15 hours of content into 40 minutes. Let's go. Yeah. Stuff. Point. Well, I don't Point. know about you guys, but I don't have a lucrative Disney contract in the wings. <laughs> mm, neither, neither do they, though, anymore. So. Yeah, oh, not do anymore. They? I no, wasn't they... aware that that contract had been pulled. Yeah, they pulled it after they did a terrible job at the end of the series. <laughs> Fair. Well, thank goodness. Uh... What Disney said was, hey, we're not making any movies that aren't mainline movies because of how bad Solo did. But one of the things that enabled them to do was like functionally fire all the directors they'd hired. Yeah. yeah. And it got us the Mandalorian, so upgrade. Mm -hmm. Well, right. I'd say let's go for 30 to 40 more minutes. Okay. So we can actually play some content. Maybe even roll some dice. <gasps> be still. Let's not, let's, let's not be crazy. Uh, that know. means I got to get into my character voice now. Yes. So as you head back from your various vacations, uh, is the sound effects too much? They're kind of loud for me, but I want to... a little loud, yes. Okay. No, it's a lot loud. That's better. Okay. I mean, I like squirrels, but there's a limit. <laughs> there's a limit to all things. There's not a limit between you and squirrels, Ron. Audio on Twitch sounds good. Oh, good. Thank you, Mascetic. Uh, all right. So as you come back from your various vacations, uh, you reach Fortress Glarendar and are greeted by good-natured ribbing by many of your forester comrades for yet again uh, coming back without a CO. What do you mean? We came back with new chickens. <laughs> And the minute that rumor gets around, they start calling you Chicken Squad. Sure. If the shoe fits. That's what stand, they are roosters, so if anything, we're the Cock Squad. Mm. <laughs> Point of inspiration. Uh, why? Aha! Why? Rask kind of licks his lips at the sight of our new CO. <laughs> Uh, so you you get a couple of days to settle in, and uh, you are finally called in to talk with uh, the more senior officers at Glarendar. Like, until you get about third level, you don't get to meet too many of the super senior officers, because they're not really sure you're going to last that long. But you are uh, eventually called in to meet with the commander of Fortress Glarendar and her second in And 
roll 20 is choosing uh, volume, so. All right, can you see them? Everyone All seems right. so French. Uh, somewhere in fourth edition, uh, someone decided that Aglarond was very uh, French, and so now it's now. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so the second in command of uh, Fortress Glarendar is Perrin Alastrara. He's this fella on the right. And he uh, he looks like a stocky, aging, uh, uh, sea-worn pirate uh, of a half-elven man. He, uh, he has... Uh, a jocular uh, disposition and is well known throughout Glarendar to be absolutely laid back, easygoing, that's fine, it ain't no big deal, until it is. And then he becomes lethally efficient. <laughs> it's kind of a binary state. Nobody likes seeing him in the second state, so they like to keep him keep him happy. It's a, it's a common joke throughout uh, Fortress Glarendar that a parent ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> uh, and he uh, uh, greets you in a ready room as uh, as you come in and says, ah, well, the uh, the headless chickens have made it back, I see. We you know, have. because of the chicken and you don't have any CO that'll take you, so. That's yes, sir. An excellent vacation was had by all, sir. I don't think that was funny last time you said it. But it he, uh, was funnier than the time he said it two times ago. Yes. But he yeah. was quite pissed off that time. He uh, he shrugs and takes it good-naturedly. Well, uh, the problem is, ain't nobody willing to go out with you. So apparently you've become your own squad. I don't understand why, but sure seems like it uh, has its advantages. I was about to say, it sounds like we should celebrate. This is something that many units take quite a few years to achieve, and we have achieved it quite early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, you're missing a CEO's uh, advice and experience as well. I mean, I suppose we might be, but, you know, I think it'll be fine. One but... of them disappeared and left us left the hand, and the other one decided that the Feywild was for them. It must be your sparkling personalities. What can I say? I'm just saying their judgment doesn't seem fantastic. He shrugs his hands broadly, as if to indicate there are perhaps more sides to that story. Well, as it seems, as it seems yet, we've uh, we've got need for more patrols out in the Umber Marshes. Uh, we've had a push of more refugees coming in from Thay, and the poor bastards have enough problems without the Thay, folk of Thay running undead or slavers or who knows what after them. Not only that, it's not good to have a lot of fresh meat wandering around in the Umber Marshes. I don't want it to be seen as easy pickings for any larger predators that might be coming by. So you'd be on referee, refugee patrol. It's a dangerous place to be wandering around in, especially if uh, you're not well-equipped. Yes. And uh, the refugees from Thay, it is not only our uh, bound duty to be good to uh, 
any person in a time of need, but occasionally they tell us useful things about our old enemy as well. We find refugees. Where should we bring them? Bring them back here. We, uh, we have a whole processing system to get them shipped off to someplace a little more to their liking within the country or to somewhere else if they'd rather be there. Uh, not only that, the ghosts uh, will want to talk to him too. Now the ghosts, uh, as you all know, are the rarely mentioned but uh, widely respected arm of the foresters that deal with human intelligence. Well, humanoid intelligence. Uh, they, they're, they're, they have a reputation for being a little odd, uh, but also for being quite effective. There's also a heck of a lot of the forester's magical might that is in, in, uh, invested in the ghosts. So uh, let me get this straight. Uh, we are fighting nation of uh, necromancers and undead, and our very specialized troops are called ghosts. Perhaps this is an uh, a opportunity for rebranding? Uh, well, they were originally the Banshees, but uh, Banshees got a bad reputation as well. You know, ghosts, not much better. Not much better. He shrugs. It's tradition at this point. They were called the ghosts before Thay was even Thay. So if we change, it'll be like we're losing to Thay. Not a bad point as well. Uh, the... Do the... No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if the ghosts operate heavily in the Yurwood. They have from time to time when their uh, missions take them there. I see. So that's uh, that's the Feywild lands. Well, I mean, various parts of the Yurwood are certainly cotangent with the Feywild. Yeah. I see. Uh, no, but please continue. Anyway, you'll be going on a long-range patrol two ten days into the Umber Marshes. You'll need to report to the quartermaster, get uh, some good maps of the area. It doesn't fucking matter much with the maps anyway, because the marshes change as the water moves between the, the, the rivers. So you'll be doing not only refugee patrol, but also uh, cartography as well. In addition... There are plenty of folk in the swamps, and he very carefully, like, looks briefly at Ross and then continues on. Sometimes they know interesting bits as well. Anything you can pick up more intelligence about what's going on, it's good to do. You'll be one of five different patrol groups out in the marshes. You've each got different areas to cover. Great. Sounds like a boatload of fun. Ah, well, that's the good thing about being a forester. Every day is unmitigated fun. Great. So uh, as he says that, one of the, the doors in the ready room opens and an elven woman, or mostly elven woman, walks in and uh, parent kind of snaps uh, up to a, a more uh, uh, formal postures. And he says, uh, Madame de Brichanteau, these are the, he looks at them, looks at you and says, do you have a name yet? 
Uh, so one that uh, was in chat was the Squawks God. I kind of <laughs> like it. The Squawks Squawk Squad. A Squawk Squad. Perrin, that almost here. like the Squawk Scarred more. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Perrin looks at her and says, uh, Madame de Brichanteau, this is the Squawk Squad that uh, getting ready to take the field. And she looks at you with calm analytical eyes and says, well, if you're heading into the field, then I wish you luck. Uh, ideally, we would be sending an officer out with you, but as you've heard, none will go. If there is one among your number who, when you come back, would like to be the officer in charge of your squad, do let me know. I'll see that the commendation is delivered as appropriate. Are you crazy? Have you seen our reputation, our track record with COs? Only an idiot would take that job. She looks right at Ross and says, yes, I agree, which is why I assumed one of the five of you would take it. If you choose not to have a CO, then that's fine as well. I was assuming... We're more so of a... Oh, go ahead. Please go ahead. We're more of a semi-autonomous collective. <laughs> She, uh, Perrin, like, cracks a smile, but uh, the half-elven woman, like, dead serious, just, just kind of gives you a look and says, well, best of luck. And, uh, and heads out. So you know that Saladiel de Brichanteau, or Sila, as she's known to her personal friends, it is not y'all, is the commander of uh, uh, Fortress Clarendar. So she didn't have any particular chickens to recommend? That she we did should... not. Okay. Uh, oh, cats on stream. Cats on stream. Yay! Our secret Yay! weapon. How you doing, Hugin? How you doing, Hugin? He's like, yep, we... I want love. If I pull way more viewers, we had actually more cats on more streams. Well, I think we've got five, six people and four cats, so... I mean, I can only assume that as we play, we will systematically each be replaced by a cat. And before you know it, it's just going to be five uh, cats role-playing. Well, as actually, much I'm as... Hoping... Oh, oh, actually, no, we have... So we have two, Andrew has two, Joe has one. Mm -hmm. no, we've so we're got only two. one cat shy. We got two. Uh, Hugin here, I don't think is smart enough to DM. That'll have to be Munin. Munin is a very rocks fall, everybody dies kind of DM. Yeah, she's, you're not going to like it. <laughs> not going to like it at all. So you're uh, left for the rest of the day to wander in and out of uh, Glarendar to gather your supplies. You can have anything that is mostly reasonable from the PHB. Uh, you're each given, in addition, a potion of healing. And a potion of antitox. Okay. Um, and a potion of mosquito salve, because it is a real question whether the alligators or the mosquitoes in the Umber Marsh is the bigger threat. Mm. And the next, and with the idea that the next morning you'll head out into the field. Sounds I'm a good. trained cartographer, so I can get all the map making stuff. Excellent. You may have a point of inspiration for having the right skill set at the right time. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to 
oversee kind of gathering the supplies that I think we might need, which includes, you know, the rations and hunting tools that mm -hmm. uh, might be most useful for uh, 10 day exploration into the two, march. Two 10 days. Two, two 10 day exploration into the march. Yep. Is that we get we go two ten days deep and then come back? Or we no, go... you'll be back in two ten days. Okay. So go out a ten day, come back a ten day. Yep. And you're given a route. It's it's uh well you're not given a route. You're given an area to patrol. How you move through that area is at your own recognizance. And this is all assuming that if we find a bunch of refugees, we come home early, right? Yep. Ooh, early. Yeah, and then they'll just send you back out again. How that's going to play across some of our party. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if we could bring some refugees with us and then turn right around. <laughs> Might like, be the go, most... like go pay some people from uh, one of the local towns to, to be a refugee. be refugees. Yes. If all we need to do is then find they'll... refugees, it's way more effective. Then they'll just turn this back around, though. I mean, but eventually. I mean, not right now. I see. Well, there's some so, kind of bonus for bringing the most refugees, right? You win. Right, we I want to win. We just need one guy who's really great with voices. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so as long as you back. as long as you bring uh, Matt Mercer back, you're fine. Mm, excellent. Well. Sadly, I have not quite enough uh, illusion to pr produce this magic. Right then. Bye. So, anything else you want to requisition from Fortress Glarendar before you head out? I So, Silvio would like to find out what other squads are going where in the event that either they need help or we need help so that we can have an idea of where folk are at sure uh it is it is not hard to find the uh four other squads that are going out and you can get your map that you were assigned kind of shows your patrol area and everybody else's as well cool but it's definitely an area like you do not get like a line to walk through the marsh because having been that person i can assure you if you take a map and you draw a line on it and say take a sample at the end of that line getting there can be damn near impossible <laughs> cool um so the other thing that silvio wants to do is uh to plan for us to find refugees which is to say get extra rations get extra medical supplies they actually and... have refugee kits they send you out with with blankets and clothes and food and yeah, but but are they any good? <laughs> they're they're okay. They're okay. They're not what you would pack, but they're okay. I but they're a good start. I would pack. Yeah, they don't contain any Oreos. I don't know why they don't have Oreos and why they don't have more wine. So I'm fixing both of those along with <laughs> like actual meta, like a, an extra healer's kit, for instance. Sure. I was going to say, it's funny, you open each one and it's got like a, a little container of soup in it and, you know, it's like, welcome. No, it's Sylvia, more like, you know, hardtack and, and cheese and dried beans and, I mean, they have little packets of salt and pepper and spice, but. So are we going to be. Rice and soy all mixed together. Yes. Are we going to be walking or taking flat boats? You'll be walking. 
the problem is is there's not big enough areas to take flat boats in like you might be able to travel for two or three four hours on a flat boat but then you'd have to portage it for two miles hmm. i mean yeah but victor's strong right i mean i don't see how this is a problem victor is strong but i just got saddled with a couple bottles of wine an extra healer's kit <laughs> and, it's, and it sounded like about 20 pounds of cheese <laughs> well okay good point wine is heavy wine is flat out heavy not for long that's the good news wine gets lighter as you go ah but i'm planning on using the uh, empty wine bottles to collect uh some uh some of the marsh waters out there so we'll be packing back in just as much liquid as we take out oh lord like should we take like a a goat with us or a trained <laughs> alligator or something i mean i can bring a snake or a toad Silvio is a satyr, right? So we've got half a goat. Yeah. I mean, you get the better <laughs> half, honestly. I mean, I guess part of the problem is nothing, there aren't really any pack animals that are like, hey, a swamp. I want, that sounds like fun. I, I mean, mean, that sounds like fun. I don't, what is, what is your problem, Victor? A pack salamander? Your pack alligator, maybe, but the, the lizard folk is about as good as you got. All right, so packing montage set aside. Is there anything else anybody actually wants to bring? I mean, but Rass is also strong, so like you don't have to carry everything, Victor. Sure. Right. Yeah, that's I, I appreciate that Rass is here. What if we got an airboat? <laughs> you know, uh, there are certain Genasi wizards that probably make those things, but they don't have any of them here. Womp womp. Certainly not for a third level patrol going out. Yeah. Paige, I will uh, cast Find Familiar to change my familiar's form to a poisonous snake. Okay. Ooh. Seems like Venomous Snake would be high on Wildfire's list anyway. But yeah. uh, Normally a bird, because birds are just so useful in cities to find marks and, like, just really great. <laughs> All right, so the next morning we head off into the marshes. Into the marshes, just the six of us. Okay. So the Umber Marshes, just to give you a little perspective, are, are <coughs> large. Too loud. And loud. Uh, are large, and they are little interconnected bits of water. Actually, let's go look at it on the map so you can see, get an appreciation for where you're at. Uh, so if you zoom in on the Umber Marshes, uh, so they are actually fed from snowmelt from the Tanith Mountains. Umbergoth uh, is the largest peak in the Tanith Mountain. It's snow-capped all year round. But the rest of the peaks, all the snowmelt kind of flows into a low spot in the Umber Marshes. And from there, it drains into the River Umber. So what you get, and I mean, these things are large. This is 60 by 30-ish miles. So what you get, let me bring you with me. So what you get are these huge hummocks with these little tiny streams running through them that sometimes uh, end up being just nothing that end up going into a, a mighty river across the way. And they are extremely difficult to move through. 
from a from a first person terrain when we're out of drone photography you end up walking through a lot of stuff like this which are you know water that might be six inches deep with uh you know 12 inches of mud under it but maybe you can hop from island to island for a while and sometimes you just get in areas that are pooled water that you have to find ways around so it is um it is pretty much acutely miserable uh let's see there we go and it is full of all kinds of weird creatures in addition to mosquitoes and alligators and herons and the occasional osprey that dives bombs you when you get cl too close to a nest uh there's all sorts of other less uh accommodating monsters there all right is this noise too loud here should be on a, down a little map. bit all right so let me drag some tokens onto here that seems suspicious what why do we need to know that the plants are difficult terrain why i know something we would be concerned with ah ah it's fine i'm sure uh let me put some tokens on here just you know for H i should <laughs> let you know that i oh wait no i can cast those damn it i thought they might have been innate what? i wish i'd chosen any spells i'm a path of a the totem warrior so i've got mm -hmm. uh beast sense and speak with animal as ritual casts i was thinking that beast sense might have been innate oh no it still takes 10 minutes all right i think that's everybody yeah if you haven't picked spells yet now is a great time <laughs> <laughs> i already did it thanks <laughs> I've, right. already, I've already spent a spell slot today right luckily Victor. there's two victors on the board so oh excellent double that's, the uh, that's always useful i forgot a silvio you cannot forget the best parts i am so sorry man your little goat feet are probably super miserable i mean there's, there's a lot of uh of careful drying of hooves at night i'm sure I mean, I have prestidigitation. They they stay pretty clean, and then we get into the swamp again, and then they get dirty, and they get pretty clean again. Well, I just meant they're 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 not very. Oh wide. yeah, no, they're sinking, and it's not not fun. There's probably some sort of apparatus you could wear, though, kind of like snowshoes, except. Uh... Yeah, they they're called mutters. Like this mutter, is... I barely even know her. This is more than a little autobiographical. All right. All right. You should have control over your tokens. Let me know if you do not. I do. Fun. <coughs> oh, perhaps if I clicked in roll 20. Yep, there we go. Ideally, clicking in roll 20 will help, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm but I'm, I'm clicking on the Twitch and ain't nothing happening. I'm content being rear guard, but perhaps the barbarian should be in front. I mean, I, I just put them in be. random spots. Y'all do what uh, you like. But I, I will be in front. I know you don't have our best interests at heart, Paige. <laughs> I'm wounded, Ronald. Wounded. I am on your team. I'm on your side. I'm rooting for you. Uh -huh. 
I have your best interests at heart. So, Paige, I am, as we're traveling through, I am kind of keeping an eye out for, like, sudden water traps using a staff that is just decked out with flowers. And y'all have actually seen me use this before as part of my rituals, uh, which will frequently start out as me making a ring of flowers on the floor with it. Okay. Uh, so let's let's talk about um, let's talk about some stuff. Let me add a table. Stuff and things. Stuff and also things. Insert table. Five. Uh, let's go. We have Silvio. We have Mira. We have Wildfire. We have Ross. We have Victor. Um, uh, hey, Silvio, if I yes. was a passive perception and a passive insight, what would I be? You would be beautiful and everyone would see it and be able to tell it in their hearts. Oh, you say the nicest things. Uh, that said, Silvio's passive perception is 12 and his passive insight is 13. Excellent. Mira, perception and insight? Uh, 15 and 13. Mm. Wildfire. I know. It's like... Ten and ten. <laughs> I don't need to know nothing, mm. boss. I'm really good at investigation, but yeah, yeah. I have <clears throat> mine are fourteen and fourteen respectively. You have a good character voice, Coda. Inspiration point, Victor. Uh, twelve and ten. Twelve and ten. Excellent. No reason. No reason sure it won't come up do i at least spot the giant snake skeleton <laughs> yes this is uh i i do not recall where on the internet i found this it's nice looking it is nice looking uh if i have maps that have a signature or maker's mark on them i will definitely leave it on there so people can see it uh yes yeah, so there are plenty of bones out there in the marshes as well uh ooh, D D beyond i should even open that up i mean as far as traveling through the marsh goes i will be doing a bit of scouting for the group So you're saying you want, to, you want to travel separate from us? Not entirely separate, but far enough ahead that I might be able to plot out the best course to take through the wood or through the wetlands. So are you it's particularly really hard to do long sentences? <clears throat> so are you particularly yeah. sneaky, or are you just being survivally? Mostly just survivally. Okay. Well, then move yourself forward another 15, 20 feet, I guess. All right. Uh, so you get to right there. So I've limited the amount you can view because uh, the vegetation blocks sight after about 15 feet. It just becomes hard to see through. And by hard, I mean impossible. And Koda, you get to right there and you notice hunched down right here in the, uh, in the brush... There is a large creature 
that looks kind of like uh, a quadruped. This is probably going to be too loud, too. Maybe not. Uh, that looks kind Ooh. of like a quadrupedal uh, uh, plant monster. And you see some smaller ones kind of creeping up behind it. And then you start looking and you notice there are more than one of them. I will stop and kind of hold my hand out, having not left the eye shot of the others, because that would be poor scouting. And I will indicate that there is a predator in the reeds. And as I do, I will slowly remove a longsword from its sheath and crouch down, preparing to pounce on my prey. It looks at you and kind of hunkers down and then does the, the butt wiggle and uh, and leaps at you. Rah! Oh, it's such a good thing. This is a safe journey through the... Ah! <laughs> uh, and with that, combat is joined. Yay, first combat. Yay. Looks like a job for our CO. Right? If you had one. Well, we brought them along. Somebody's got a chicken. Uh, Remember to click on your token before you roll initiative. Yeah. And first token. Man. It worked out good. Once again, roll 20 just does not like my initiatives. But I did roll above a five, so we're making That's good. Okay, it hurt me. All right. Oh, I'm not done. Nope. <laughs> huh. That's a really long initiative track there, Paige. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's just an error. It's fine. Clerical error in your favor. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, we're just figuring it out for the first time. Half of those are going to go away. You know, as soon as she starts CPKing us, it'll be okay. I mean, it's clearly Paige just clicked roll the initiative too many times. Clearly. Well, I imagine most, if not all of them, are allies. Yes. Mm. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, uh, you may have an inspiration point for boundless optimism, sir. All right, I will give it to the squishy wizard. Sounds good. Hey, I'm uh, above the 13.12. Oh, sure. Uh, what is your dex? 14. I know, I know, 5th edition says you can do whatever, however the hell you want, and I like making dexterity my tiebreaker. Uh, Silvio, you see this large creature having butt-wiggled its way uh, up to uh, poor Ross, and it looks like it's about to, to leap. And you also see another small creature over here. You just barely make it out through the, through the vegetation. I, I see feel these sort of impelled things. to act. 
I see these terrible things and I'm compelled to act, but then I remember that our stream ends at 10 and it's 9.59. And so I will be ready to act next Monday when we are on stream again. Excellent, excellent. So let's, let's thank you for uh, time check. You may have an inspiration point for keeping us on time. Which means I don't know that anyone else. needs one, but I share it with the universe. I will take an, uh, I will take that inspiration. I just right. gave you one. <laughs> You're the squishy wizard. <laughs> You're not a paladin. Nope, he's I definitely like how, a paladin. I like how Joe doesn't recognize that in his brain. He's just like, oh, I'll take that one because the wizard's someone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looks like nothing All to right. me. So, uh, did the music start up? Yeah, it did. Okay, it did. good. All right. Next week on Feats and Fables, the heroes of Aglaron find out what happens when our heroes go against the deadly creatures of the Umber Marshes. And what else will they find? Will they be refugees? Will they be patrols from Thay? Will they be gigantic monsters? Find out next week. <laughs> will it be Paige's wild gesticulations? Oh, it's always going to be Paige's wild gesticulations. Well, those we can't defeat, so. Yes. And a right. shout out to all of our very first viewers over on Twitch. Guys, Yay. if you enjoyed it, be sure Thank to hit you, that David. follow button up at the stop. Um, Mask, uh, Mask Epic, thank you for uh, the active feed there. Uh, Zintharm, our PR. And uh, be sure, guys, that if y'all want more Feats and Fables, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, all the places, and check out the podcast on anywhere you get podcasts. All right. And we'll be, Good night, we'll be back next week. Bye. We'll be back next Monday. Bye. 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 Monday. Woo.